0: What's up, everybody? It is Friday, December 4th, and you are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Pat's still down in Florida training for war games this Sunday, but we still have a nice feel-good Friday for you. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen joins the show, and Ariel Helwani, Booker T, and Daniel Cormier joined the show in what was maybe one of the most entertaining segments we've ever had. Plus, Pat and A.J. Hawk will break down all the games coming up this weekend and much more. So let's get into it.
1: The boys are still all back in Indianapolis, and we got a lot to talk about. We got great guests today. We got Josh Allen joining us today, the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Ooh. Cannot wait to chat with him. Also have Ariel Helwani, asshole from ESPN, he's <laughs> also in the MMA game. He's also making an appearance on the kickoff show this weekend for War Games. We're going to chat about all of that. And in the third hour, we have David Bakhtiari, Ooh, tackle yeah. for the Green Bay Packers. We will ask him about. His Christmas gift potential for yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Ah. Aaron said he he wanted a uh, what was the car Aston, Aston Martin. Martin. Is that what it was, boys? Aston, yeah, Martin. Aston Martin, Aston Martin. I believe it's a few hundred thousand dollars. We'll ask him about that. We'll ask about the Packers, about the team, the offense, him coming back from injury, how he feels, how his life. And also, we'll break down all the NFL games happening this weekend and a couple of things that have happened on the internet in the last uh, day or so, including a high school kid just. Absolutely uh slaughtering. <laughs>
2: Thank I mean, God it.
1: a lot to talk about and a lot to get to, so let's go ahead and do it. Actone digs. Uh, I had a chance to chat with you just a little bit ago. You are pumped about an old school type of football game happening this weekend in the NFL.
3: Yeah, we got the bronze going down to Nashville, going to Tennessee Titans. Uh, I'm just excited because you don't normally get – you don't get this very often anymore, and you got two teams that just love to fucking ground and pound the ball, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and then on the other side you got Derrick Henry. The Browns run the ball the second most in the NFL. The Titans run the ball the fourth most in the NFL. I'm just excited to see it this weekend. Pat, because it's just something – it's a dying art. It's a lost it, art, and we get to see it this weekend.
1: And everything – every offense has gone to a spread-style offense. It started in high schools, then it went to college, and now it's made its way in the NFL. It's a passing league. Everybody knows that. But whenever you got two teams that have committed to the run, which these two teams have, the Cleveland Browns have invested in their offensive line. Mm-hmm. They've invested in their running backs. That is what they do. And the Tennessee Titans, everybody knows everything goes through King Henry. I'm excited for that. What's the over-under on that game?
3: It was fifty seven 53. Sorry. Whoa. You
1: know, grand and pound games, you know, especially – because the Cleveland Browns defense gets to play against an offense that is built for the run. You would think maybe their defense would be able to do a little bit well at slowing down. That seems like a very high number. Tony Unders might be all over that game, mm-hmm. I'd assume. And I'm thinking about joining
3: them. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. It's, it's a tasty little treat on the uh, under slate for this upcoming weekend. But here's the thing, Pat. They're both so good at running, I don't know if the other person's going to be able to stop them.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what we're going to have to Hey. That's why they play the game. That's why they Mm -hmm. play the game. Hell yeah. (laughs) That's why they play the game. Uh, Ty, the Packers host the Eagles. How do you feel about it? I feel
0: great. I mean, I know a lot of people are betting against the Packers probably just because they're trying to fade the public a little bit. I mean, the line is a little bit uh, high at eight and a half. But after watching the Eagles play on Monday night, and I mean, granted, the Bears stink, but watching the Packers play the Bears – I just don't see there being any way the Packers don't just beat the shit out of the Eagles. Rodgers talked to us, to us this week uh, about those other records he's coming up on. He needs three touchdown passes for 400 in his career. So I, I just, I don't know. I'm feeling very good about the Packers right now. And the Eagles just, I mean, it's, it's tough not to think that the, the Packers at home aren't just going to blow the doors off them.
1: Well, and, and Doug Peterson has come out and said that Carson Wentz stood in front of the team and said, hey, listen, boys, I stink, all mm-hmm. right? And we're going to get better. We're going to do this as much as we possibly can. That is that, Is that good for the Eagles that the quarterback has come out and admitted a little bit of fault and said that he stinks? Is it bad for the Eagles? Because they're like, yeah, we know. Uh, The Seattle Seahawks game against the Eagles was ugly, obviously. The Eagles did cover, though, somehow with a miraculous Hail Mary, and then they go for two. It feels like this is a game where Aaron Rodgers is going to get a big time win. You said fade the people. All the people are thinking they're going to win by eight and a half. What's the numbers on that, Diggs? What's the percentage of people that are betting on the Packers minus eight and a half at home against the Eagles this
3: week? So as far as people are concerned, sixty-five percent of the bets of the tickets are coming in on the Packers, Ooh. but more of the money is actually coming in on the Eagles. 52% Oh, that's of the money, good news
1: so- for us then. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's good news for us. Mm-hmm. Hey, sure. If we like the Packers, that's good news because listen that that's just by the way. That just got me pumped up. If you're, <laughs> if you're only listening, I just stood there because that is a bet that I like. And it's the first time in a while that I haven't been on the same side as all the money. So this is good news for us, Ty. Uh, Packers minus eight and a half. That feels like a a very easy win. We'll talk to Bakhtiar about how the boys feel going into this Sunday here in the third hour. Can't wait to chat with him about that. And Connor, that Boston Connor, there was some massive i mean massive moves made by nbc and sunday night football bringing in a potential ringer to up their coverage and their ability what are you excited about watching there pal
2: look some things you think are never going to get better you know chocolate milk mountain dew apple pie sunday night football falls into that category it could never get better until now, Steve Kornacki, the Hall of Fame superstar board maneuverer from election night, is going to be on Sunday Night Football pre-show Football Night in America. I'm not going to be more excited, Pat. I think this is going to be the real game on Sunday pre-war games. <laughs> so I'm excited for Kornacki to roll me into war games.
1: Well, the interesting thing, you said he runs the board. He was a map guy. Okay, He was yeah, map. Uh, a map Fair. guy when it came to the voting. And every uh, political channel had their own map guys. Mm-hmm. And we over here at this show are too dumb to really know what's going on. But we knew immediately early on election night that there seems to be one constant for all these channels, and it's uh, the map maneuverability. And, you know, Diggs had his guy over there on CNN, and then there was there was a guy on Fox News. And over there on MSNBC, there was this, you know, it felt like a wild card going mm-hmm, on. Yeah. He, he didn't have the jacket on. Okay, he had the sleeves rolled up. He put a tweet out beforehand. and I, I didn't even know this guy existed to be completely transparent. He put a tweet out and said, I'm not sitting down until this fucking thing's decided. I, <laughs> by the way, shout out to Steve is he still standing Standing. right now is he still standing at this point but watching him maneuver that goddamn map and move the things and slide the things and zoom in and zoom out with an electricity that the other two didn't have Mm -hmm. i'm pumped he's getting a little bit of a moment in in the sun in the football world and he said he's been a lifelong fan he's been a lifelong football fan we're going to find out, Steve, because it felt like Steve knew everything about every single county in America, okay, especially in the swing states. I assume he had to do a little bit more research there mm-hmm. uh, to kind of dive into different counties and things and zoom in, zoom, zoom out, zoom in, zoom in. Uh, there's a guy named Roger over here that hasn't voted yet. We'll tell
3: you that one in yeah. there, and
1: then he did the math and the thing. He's going to be previewing the playoff picture, right? And I'd assume there's going to be a lot of, well, if this team wins, okay, so this team wins. They go here, they go here, then slide out. Okay, <laughs> NFC come in. All right, L.A., lockdown, can't leave their house. They're probably going to lose. All right, let's slide them in. Let's slide them out. I'll be excited to see what Kornacki does with it. We're pumped for him at Boston Connor. When I asked him before this show what his biggest thing he's looking forward to this weekend was, it's not the Patriots being favored for the first time in a long time. Nope. Like. Uh <laughs> uh Wasn't that I mean the Patriots are going out to Los Angeles they might not be able to even get out of there Mm -hmm. if the uh, mixed martial law continues so (laughs) the Patriots might become the Los Angeles Patriots after this whole thing which would be a real shame for New England fans who have uh, uh, died in there all the time it it wasn't that it wasn't you know war games he was obviously pumped about and everything like that but he said he wants to see Kornacki in the football world what if this becomes a regular thing that football night in America could use a little Kornacki boost don't you think
2: I mean I think we're all praying that it becomes a regular thing but I'm also looking for forward to because because the county knowledge that you just mentioned with Kornacki I'm assuming that the away teams in the playoffs he's going to be able to break down how many fans from that away team live in the area that will actually be possibly
1: at the game and rooting for the team I would assume that Kornacki knows you know the fans of teams in different counties, but also there will be an interesting little piece. So know probably how many people are allowed in different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sta- now I'm not saying that we don't know that because that is a pretty vital part of this entire football season here in 2020 with the COVID is how many people are allowed in each stadium. And you know how, I mean uh, the San Francisco 49ers who aren't in San Francisco they're in Santa Clara. Well, they wish they were back in San Francisco <laughs> Santa Clara County kicked them the hell out of there. Now they're the Arizona 49ers. They, I mean, there is a lot going on in the world. And there's a lot to chat about. I cannot wait to talk to Josh Allen here in about 13 minutes. You yeah. know, we got a chance to talk to him one time at Top Golf uh, down in Atlanta. He hit the hell out of a golf ball. Right? Oh, yeah. He, he's a great athlete, obviously. And, and, and I feel bad saying that, especially after talking to Cordell Stewart yesterday about saying, like, he's a great athlete. He's a great athlete. But he is. He's big. He made quite a jump from year one to year two. And then last year to this year, year two to year three, he's even gotten even Uh better. At the beginning of the season, Bills Mafia was pissed off at anybody that didn't have him in the MVP conversation. And the Bills had a little bit of uh, uh, adversity and some obstacles that they ran into. And now they're at home against the Niners on Monday night football. Is that at home or on on the road? I think it's at home.
2: On the road, Gumby
1: says from the back. Oh, they're playing in Arizona.
3: Yeah, it's in Arizona, Pat. Bills are getting a point, actually. Where the Hail Mary took place.
1: Oh, well, a lot of things took place there, dude. <laughs> couple Right. They get to go back in there, and maybe avenge the whole thing that happened. OK, so the Bills on the road Monday Night Football. We'll talk to Josh Allen about, you know, what has he done differently? Is it just time in the game that's made him better? Is it maybe the offensive system? Is it his, his reads? What is it that has made him get better? and What will get him to the next step? Also, you know, hobbies, what he's got going on. Mm-hmm. How's COVID going? You know, the entire uh, You know the whole thing Like that I did a podcast this morning For like four hours uh, it, was a, <laughs> it was a great time You know I've enjoyed my time Down here in Orlando And I said it yesterday I'll say it again Florida and LA Might be two completely Opposite things This place is open down here uh-huh. And I don't know if it's uh, I don't know if that's like A commercial for Florida For some people Which I assume it would be Some people are like Here and that And they're flocking here And it's obviously And then other people are like Well that's a scary place It seems like And I, I I'll tell you I don't know how I feel. I'm kind of conflicted. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly don't know how I feel. A lot of schools are open. A lot of school zone speed limits we had to go through this morning. Buses are rolling. People are jogging, walking, no mess. I saw a 95-year-old lady last night in our hotel playing bridge amongst other old oh, No bass on any of them. Mm. I mean, it is. It's wide open down here in Florida, boys. I want to let you know that. How's the weather up there in Indianapolis?
0: It stinks. It's chilly. Cold, chilly. I mean, you know, we're in the middle of having to scrape your uh, your windshield every single oh, morning. Yeah. Just started.
1: Listen, I understand there's some people in America that won't fully understand what was said there. That is a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And everybody's like, well, uh, you know, a lot of cars have remote start. It's all right. That most of the time unless you're like a super chess player that thinks had like 30 minutes that's only getting the bottom part of your windshield is just getting a little yeah. thing there you gotta go outside the old days and you guys won't even know about this you young bucks Connor foxy you and know, all that fair we used to have to take CDs oh yeah you used oh, to get Jesus. old CDs on the top they they like
3: <sighs> I used a credit card this morning <laughs> against
1: that whole entire thing I mean that's that's a tough time of year but you know what I'm a four season guy, so you just gotta kind of deal with it, you know. And there's there's a certain toughness that comes with this season that's coming right around the
3: bend. Pat, you really are too, because
4: you have like a ten car garage, and it's so full of shit that you can't park a single car in it.
1: Yeah, that is true. Yeah the truck the truck now you know the truck's too jacked up to get into the garage. Sure. Okay, and. You know, you'd think the Bentley you'd make room for, but just haven't. Let that that thing sit outside and battle the elements. You know, that's on them, not on me. But, yeah, I'm. you know, it's a nice little wake-up call. You wake up in the morning. You go ahead and uh, you take a poop, do whatever, brush your teeth, take a shower, do the whole thing, whatever you got to do. And then you go outside and you get smacked in the face by winter how's it going ah, well wow, it's yeah. cold as shit how you doing wake it up all right oh and then you get to your car you turn your car on oh i can't leave because i can't see a goddamn thing okay so i gotta do this and then you get back in the car and you oh look the side window also gotta go do that mm. then you get out there and then god forbid if there's snow as soon as you open the door that thing just mm. falls somehow it's a scientific wonder how the snow that's on top of your car finds a wind tunnel that is every time you open the door, it goes out and just shoots right onto your seats. Oh yeah! (laughs) So whenever you sit down, your entire ass is now drenched, you're cold, and you just got done doing manual labor so that you can drive then to your job. I mean, it is a kick in the sack, but I'll tell you what, boys, none of that's going on down here in Florida. Mm,
2: No. I will say the cold air, you know, it will get old for sure, but that first
1: smack in the mouth isn't so bad. It's been a little refreshing to be honest with you. Well, you know, I don't know what they're saying about COVID, but maybe winter just kills it.
3: Oh! If I know anything about viruses, that checks out. The cold, yeah. It's detrimental to Yeah. Them.
1: We don't know anything about viruses. <laughs> <No>. if...
3: <laughs> well, I know.
1: Diggs, we know nothing about it. I, I mean, we know nothing about it. No, a few. De- bro, like I thought for sure, you know, I, I'm not around a lot of old people. Oh, yeah. I'm not around a lot of old people in my life. Never have been. Uh, Jay knows this. Our grandparents passed away whenever we were young. We had a grandpa, but we weren't really around him that much. The I assume that the olds were just hunkering down. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I thought every old I saw in public was going to look like potentially Andy Reid with that thing and then like the thing and oh, they're yeah. just like gas mass, maybe. Down here, you know, because Florida is like a lot of the, the olders, the olds. They don't. They care less than anybody else. I, they, I saw somebody shoo away the hand sanitizer. An old lady yesterday. And he <laughs> shooed away the hand sanitizer. I don't need it. I don't want it. And I'm like, oh, they, these people just are awesome. They're like, yep, don't give a damn. I've heard about all this stuff. Don't care. I want you to see my mouth when I'm telling you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> get right to it. We've got a big-time guest, ladies and gentlemen. With a big-time arm. Guys, big-time arm and uh big-time jump year-to-year year in his ability. A guy that I think Bill's Mafia believes in to be the future of the franchise. He is the present, ladies and gentlemen, quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Drafted seventh overall just years ago, Josh Allen.
5: Yeah! yeah.
1: What's going on, dude? Uh oh, you're muted, Josh. oh you're muted, Josh. No, it's probably our fault, Josh. It's probably our fault if I had to guess. Well, actually, it's probably yours, but it's not your fault. It's probably the Buffalo Bills PR people. <laughs> that put it so, I mean, we got to kind of go through the entire thing. Just let us know whenever you're ready. Did you see how cool that backdrop was? By yeah. the way, oh, so the practice- normally sweet. people are putting in the closet, you know, because whatever. He's out at the practice facility with that entire backdrop there. I cannot wait to see how this goes. Uh, if you guys get a heads up on whether or not there's sound, let me know. Please let me know.
2: Here we go. Can you all hear me? He- oh,
1: yeah, you. you sound glorious, There we Josh. go. There we go. Hey, that backdrop there is incredible. That's a practice facility there. Are you guys doing meetings there and everything? Yeah, the other way. Yeah, you're good. Is that where meetings yeah, happen we- and everything like that? Yes. Uh, we got a lot
6: of stuff set up. I'm going to show you guys the setup, actually. Yeah, uh, wow. Just a bunch of stuff in between partitions, meeting rooms, this is where we also eat. Obviously, it's a little different uh, than what we're used to, but it works.
1: Yeah, so whenever, do you guys practice there as well? And does everybody just kind of clean up the field right before you go out to practice, and then they have to rebuild it all every single day?
3: (laughs) That's
6: that's exactly right. Unless we practice outside, but uh, you know Buffalo, once this weather starts turning, we're going to have to be spending a lot of time in here, so it's going to be a lot of uh, moving and shuffling parts, but uh, like I said, it it gets the job done.
1: How do you feel going into week 13, Josh? It's year three for you. Is this the most comfortable you've felt in an NFL season this far into it? The team obviously came out hot, had to go through some stuff, feel like we still got everything in front of us that you could possibly want. How do you feel going into week 13, Josh?
6: No, I feel really good. You know, sitting at 8-3, and three, and I believe we were 8-3 and three at this time last year, but um, completely different feeling. You know, we understand uh, – what it's going to take to get to where we want to get to uh we're we're trying to win the division for the first time and since 95 uh so that was the year before i was born Um, (laughs) but we know that eight wins isn't going to do it Uh, we got to keep pushing we got you know the niners on monday night and some primetime games coming up so uh, we got to stay tuned and stay focused on the task at hand and that's one game at a time
1: playing the niners in arizona that should be a blast uh obviously covid there's a lot of things going on let's take a trip back you get drafted seventh overall And I remember learning about you through the draft process. Huge arm. Obviously, a lot of scouts loved you. Uh, Then you end up at the Buffalo Bills first year. uh, What was the transition into the NFL like from smaller school into the NFL? How would you document that first year? Because what I'm going to get to here is the incredible jump you took from year one to year two and then to jump from year two to year three. Is it all mental, you think, or is there things that you've worked on that from that first year to year three that you've kind of got to where you are and where you're headed to go?
6: Yeah, well, physically, I think I'm a completely different person as far as how my mechanics are um, within my throw. My rookie year, I was still trying to figure out my stroke. And um, you know, quarterbacks are all different. You can deliver the ball in different ways. And after kind of sitting down for a couple seasons and studying film of, guys like Aaron and Russ and Tom and just being able to kind of pick some things from what they're doing and apply it to myself. And it's been a long road and it it really hasn't been easy, but, uh, you know, things are paying off. But that first year was just a whirlwind, you know, from getting drafted to rookie OTAs to training camp to the actual season. And it just feels like it's compounded into this one long, never ending saga. But, you know, you get to the end of it, you get three and a half months off um, of absolutely nothing, which was a, Obviously new to me, coming from college, you got spring ball, you had spring yeah. workouts and all that all that jazz. But to have that time off and to just be like, go do your thing and have no one supervising you or telling you what to do, it was definitely tough. But, uh, you know, I really appreciate the guys that were getting in the room at this time kind of showing me the way.
1: Your arm talent was something everybody talked about. So listening to you say, I got to change my mechanics a little bit, were you scared that what got you to where you were – It's like if you change it, it could potentially take away from you. Or were you – for instance, when I was kicking field goals, I always had such a strong leg, such a strong – I had a very strong leg. But sometimes – that, that I had no idea what that <laughs> was going, right? like sometimes you know what I mean because the yeah. ball is only this big or whatever, and if you hit like this thing, there's a chance it's going to go wherever. so a lot of people would be like, why don't you just not swing as hard and maybe have more control and I was always like, that well, that's not going to work like, that's on my swing yeah. with your arm talent being how it was and, and you could throw the ball a quarter mile out there or whatever <laughs> but like were you worried about changing the mechanics or did you you just knew that that was a necessary I have enough strength that I'll be able to change some things if I had to.
6: Yeah, it was kind of that thinking. Uh, very similar to you where when I tried to slow things down within my arm, it just didn't feel right, didn't come off the hand right. And I was so fastball, fastball, fastball uh, my first year coming out. Um, but I did this really cool thing, and I got my whole mechanics digitally mapped, and it showed what was firing, my, my hips, then my torso, and then your elbow and your hand was to fire. But my hand and elbow were firing damn near before my hips were. So I wasn't really incorporating any part of my legs within my motion. So being able to add my hips and make that as consistent as possible, and try to slow everything else up top, and use my hand kind of as the the leverage for the speed and you know the accuracy, where it, it changed a lot of things. And the accuracy obviously has gone up, but it's actually added some mph to uh, to my throwing power too. So it's been it's been a really good process.
1: That had to be a pretty cool feeling whenever somebody says like. Yeah, you have one of the strongest arms the NFL has ever seen, and we just want to let you know you're not even using, like, what you're supposed to be using. That had to be, like, a pretty cool day because I assume whenever those results are coming back, for you there might have been a little anxiety. Like, all let right, right, I'm excited to kind of learn about me a little bit. I'm about to learn more about me. And then what is this thing that you did? You said you got your body tracked, and then whenever they tell you, like, yeah, you're not even doing anything what you're supposed to be doing at all, basically. we don't Actually, we don't know how you got to this point without using your legs, but now that we are here, this is a – that was probably a very cool feeling to be like, oh, my God, I can only get better from here as opposed to probably a little bit of anxiety whenever you're sitting through waiting for the process to find out what it was.
6: It, it definitely was It was an awesome feeling. Um, but I was sitting there with a couple of the quarterbacks, and I was the last guy to get talked about. So everybody else was like, oh, your hip's firing at, at such a good rate, and everything's sequencing right And the next quarterback. Your hips are firing at such a great rate, and they get to me. It's just like, yeah, dude, you're not doing any of this. Uh, <laughs> so... so it was like a, a wake up call to me, like, okay, maybe, maybe I should start, you know, incorporating some new clubs in my bag and trying to hit a 60 degree and this and that. And um, it's funny that I use golf as that metaphor because I've actually learned a lot of my throwing from my swing in golf. Um, and I don't know, I, I did that uh, top cop deal with you at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And I was, I don't know if you remember that, but it was just, I was sitting that slice and I was hitting the slice <laughs> and I was putting it in the back of the end zone or back of the end thing. But, Um, I've toned it down, and I can actually work the ball a little bit better now in my actual golf game, and I think it's actually correlated to what I can do on the football field too.
1: Well, as you were explaining that your hand was in front of your hips, like that was just classic golf metaphor that you were making there. So as you were saying that, I kept thinking of your golf swing because even though that thing was flying everywhere, you were slaughtering (laughs) the golf ball. I, I think that is one thing we all took away from that is like, uh Josh Allen might have hit a ball today like four hundred yards yeah, <laughs> that, that might have actually. now, granted, you had no clue where it was going, which by the way, no, you were you're out there hacking you weren 't really golfing at that point. you were just swinging at that thing, and uh it was awesome to watch. good for you how's the offense like for instance, Patrick Mahomes last year uh he was on the barbershop uh, with lebron and i 'm waiting for your invite onto that show, mm-hmm. but the the he said in there <laughs>
5: yeah,
1: he said he said in there that he didn't really understand how to read a defense until like last year or something like that and you listen to a lot of other quarterbacks that have played before and they're like it takes some real time to be able to understand what the hell a defense is doing because it's so sophisticated in the NFL as opposed to college are you at the point where you can start seeing things and dissecting defenses a little bit or do you think that's still something that'll continue to happen like every quarterback basically says you continue to learn about
6: no, I definitely think it's starting to happen. Um, not only that, you know, marrying your concept within your system and trying to decipher a defense, I think that's a whole – like, guys can be like, oh, okay, this is covered four. I see the guy sitting inside, corners are off at this amount of depth. But when you can incorporate that and say, okay, this is the concept that we have, I can mani- I can manipulate the corner by keeping my eyes here. If that safety doesn't get off the hashing time, I can rip – like, there's different – obviously levels to it and you see the guys that have been in the league for a long time like Aaron and Tom and um, even Drew like they're looking at one guy like as as long as he moves I I know exactly where I'm going if he moves to left I'm throwing to the right if he moves to right I'm throwing to left and it's just this really cool feeling now being in year three with coach Dable and having the same verbiage and the same system that I've had I know the concepts the concepts that I like Dable throws out any concept that it doesn't like and then I can go marry it up and see the field and whatever the defense is doing, I feel like I have a good concept of what we're doing.
1: I used to, I was roommates with uh, Curtis Painter for the first training camp that we had. He was backup, obviously. So I got a chance to kind of watch them have meetings at night because Peyton would come by just as a camaraderie building thing. And then Sorgi would come by, Jim Sorgi, classic NFL backup for a long time, who deserves a lot of credit for the success that the Colts had for a long time because a backup quarterback so important. But it, they would do homework assignments, right? the backup quarterbacks had homework assignments for Peyton. And it was like, all right, you're trying to get a read on anybody on the defensive side. I don't care if it's a safety. I don't care if it's a corner. If they flip their feet one particular way in one particular coverage, I want to know it. And then you kind of like, you see in the game where Peyton is literally just waiting for one guy, and it could be a small little tell of the way he lines up with his feet. And if the guy lines up with like a square foot, he's like, all right, I know exactly what it is. And you see him just like looking around. He's trying not to give away who he's looking at, but then you look at the guy, and then he'll go away, and then he looks at the guy again, and he's like, oh, this is cover four, easy, okay, here we go, we're going to do this, bingo, bango. It, I bet you that is that is something that whenever you, whenever you get to the point where you're like, okay, I have a tell for this particular week, that has to be so comforting to know, like, okay, I know what they're going to do. I know what we can do in this with our system, as opposed to the first year where you were probably just out there, like, do we have 11 guys on the back? <laughs> field right now? Like, yeah. I, I assume it was, it's been awesome to kind of watch the game slow down right in front of you.
6: Yeah, it, it definitely has been. And there's been instances in the game where, you know, I see what the defense does beforehand and I make that right adjustment. And then I go out there and you execute the play and it just, it feels so good when you do that, and it's just not a reactionary thing. But you didn't just beat them with your physical talent; you beat them with your mind. And um, obviously, as a progression, that's that's where quarterbacks want to continue to beat defenses is with their mind and kind of see things before they happen. So uh, we're we're still working in that in that uh, area. But as far as what we're doing right now, our offense is you know extremely efficient, especially on first down. Our third down conversion rate is really good. And it, it, like like you said, though, it takes takes all 11 guys on the field and takes the, the offensive coordinator to be calling the right plays and us going out there and
1: executing. Uh, so everybody who's bashing your deep ball throws, accuracy or whatever, you know, and I always it's a very interesting thing to bash people whenever it involves other people, you know, like, for instance, Kirk Cousins, we talked to him the other day and they were all talking about how primetime games he would lose. But then you look at Kirk Cousins' stat line, it's like Kirk had a good game, actually. Like, Kirk didn't lose the primetime game, but it's just like, well, Kirk stinks because he loses those games. It's like, well, Kirk doesn't actually stink. Maybe somebody else stinks, and that's why they lost. And for you, it was like, well, he can't hit the deep ball. His deep ball percentage is so low on on completion. I'm like, I love Cole Beasley. Okay, he's a great rapper. He's an incredible (laughs) wide receiver. You two have been quite a tag team, to be honest with you, watching. But what has it been like adding Stephon Diggs? To the team because it feels like that is something that has initially helped immediately with the deep balls because you got a guy like it's not that's not just something that any wide receiver can do is go get a deep ball or make a big play. Stevon Diggs is a game wrecker. Whenever he got added to the squad this past off season, I assume that was something you were like, hey, let's go ahead and celebrate this, but also let's build up our chemistry as fast as possible, which could be good for everybody.
6: Yeah, he's been unbelievable. Just. Not even just his play, but his attitude, his work ethic, the energy that he brings to the locker room. Um, he's a he's a team-first guy, and he really is. And he had that bad rap in the media before he came here, and this was a kind of a chance to, to refresh and restart for him. And he's been nothing but great. Um, I've never once heard anything negative come out of his mouth. You know, when, when we're in the game, all he does is tell me, "Hey, keep making the right decisions. Don't don't try to force it to me. Just make the right decisions." And um, he's been a, he's been a leader on this team. He really has been. Uh, and a lot of guys have, have learned from him. You know, when you've got a, a room with Steph and John and Cole, they were able to kind of teach some of these young guys that we have in the room. Um, they've taken it in stride, and you had a guy like Gabe Davis who's a rookie but feels like he's been playing the league for a couple of years, and, um, you know, the, he, he's a big reason why, too, we're able to have the success on offense that we do. He's able to go in there and block these linebackers and make plays when his numbers fall, too.
1: You guys, there hasn't been much chatter about the Bills this year. You guys have kind of – You know what I mean? There hasn't we like chatter. You like that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There hasn't been any. I mean, there. There really. I mean, early there was right. Early there was chatter, and then that Tuesday night game against the Titans, which was just completely circumstances absolutely ridiculous. And then since then, it hasn't really heard much. How do you feel like? In the AFC East, because everybody knows, right? Big Bad Tom is out of there, okay? The Patriots seem to be a a different squad, although they're going to be able to compete with anybody because of the team they have, the coaching staff they have. The Dolphins, they're still in the middle of uh, figuring out who's going to play quarterback. The Jets, you know, whatever. But (laughs) you can't say that I can. But (laughs) it feels like the AFC East coming into the season, you guys had no opportunity time, like you said, 1995 since then. But now in the middle of the season, it has to feel pretty good, like, hey, we can really go and get this thing. And not that you didn't have that last year or the year before that, but it has to feel pretty good knowing that potentially a division that was dominated by one particular team for a long time, now the division is back open for sale almost, and it's like, why not us? Why not Bills Mafia?
6: Exactly, why not us? And um, But again, we're sitting at 8-3, and three, and eight wins doesn't, doesn't win you the division unless you're in the NFC East. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. that was awesome. You,
6: John. That was awesome. No, but, but in all seriousness, you know, Coach McDermott preaches playoff caliber and our goal is to get in the playoffs. And once you get in the playoffs, anybody's got a chance to win it. The easiest way to get in the playoffs is winning your division. So that's been our goal and our mindset ever since we've, uh, you know, stepped foot back here in August or whatever month that we got back here. Um, you know, and coach, he's been doing a great job with us and, and trying to project us in the right direction. So uh, just following that lead.
1: The boys got some questions for you, but before we get to that, what the hell were you thinking with the annexation of Puerto Rico in the playoffs and in and earlier this season? You're in the middle of the play, and you're pitching the ball, and obviously when you're running full speed and you pitch, there's a chance it's going to be inaccurate. What the hell is going on, and, and, and how, how do we – what the hell happened out there? What was going on, Josh?
6: Was that in the, the playoff game?
1: Yes, we were watching it. I'm like, uh-huh. come. you were driving, I think, right? You still had like a minute some left. It wasn't like it was the last play of the game. And I respect the fact you're like, I'm going to make a play here. But I was I was like, gee, what, what? Yeah. Josh, have a little bit of care for the damn football, Josh Allen, because <laughs> I was pulling hard for you in the Bills in that run. Is that just the type of guy you are, though, huh? Let's make a play. Let's go ahead and do this thing at all times. And have you had to curve that?
6: I've, I felt like I've been trying to curve it, but when I'm in the heat of the moment and I see an opportunity to try to make a play, like it's just natural instinct for me to do it. And if it were to have been completed, Dawson Knox might still be running to this day. So, um, I think I'd do it all over again. It was able to stop the clock. We ended Ooh. up, you know, tying the tying the game and forcing OT. And uh, obviously, we wish we had that game back. And um, I missed a couple opportunities that I still think about to this day. But that's one of them that I don't really care for too much or complain about too much like I I went with my decision and I made it and I, I got to live with that one
1: you watching the film of that playback and because you obviously the internet had the same reaction I did it was like Josh Josh Josh, 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 <laughs> Josh like, what, what, what are we doing here and then you watch the film back from all angles and you're like yeah how come nobody's talking about literally if that's he's still running at this point you said so you that was a wide open huh you knew that was guaranteed touchdown that ball I, I thought so
3: Oh, you thought
1: so. Right. <laughs> I respect that. Uh, Tone Diggs,
3: what do you got, Bob? Josh, mine is actually building off of that because I, I want to talk about, like, when you – you talked about beating teams, beating defenses with your brain, but, like, when you get out of the pocket and you break the line of scrimmage and you are on the run, like, it seems like you do not give a shit about your body. Like, I mean, last last week you decided just to run head-on with Bosa. Like, do you think about saving your body at all when you get outside of the pocket?
6: I'm starting to. <laughs> My my body's
3: uh, probably hurting more than it should be right now at my age
6: and this point in my career, but uh, it's something I've been able to to learn from. And sometimes it takes trial and error to understand what you can and can't do. But I've slid a few times this season, which is uh, going in the right direction.
1: <laughs> I've slid a few times this season. This was a, so when we had Andrew, right? Because you are both, you know, sh- physically imposing men, big men. So every single level of football that you've ever played. You've been more athletic than the person and probably bigger than the people that are trying to tackle you. And this is the same thing with Andrew. Andrew is massive. Well, go ahead. You're going to say something.
6: No, I, in high school, I was a little guy.
1: Oh, oh you did the gross so spurt thing? Like, That's why you ended up at a small school?
6: Junior college is really like the uh, the only mm-hmm. time where like I felt like I was bigger and more athletic. Like in high school, my uh, my f- baseball coach called me Tortuga. Which is tortoise in Spanish. <laughs> so I was I was like legit. I was pretty short. I was extremely thin, and I couldn't move. For I had cement feet, like I couldn't move.
1: And then you just hit a growth spurt of like seventeen or eighteen, or what happened?
6: Yeah, just about a couple inches, and put on about twenty five pounds in junior college. Eating by myself, eating a bunch of fast food, so wasn't all good weight, but it helped.
1: Oh, so that's why you like throwing the body around because you never had it. Okay, so <laughs> that, that, yeah, I guess that's probably a bit, yeah, all right, yeah. So that's a little bit different than Luck, but watching Luck play, he was much, I mean, you jumped over that guy, almost got a helmet. I remember from your rookie, year, you almost got a helmet to the, I mean, that would have been a rough night or whatever for you, maybe a couple weeks there. But like watching Andrew play, and I could never say this to him because of the position, whatever, like I'm a punter, I should not be speaking to the quarterback who is a first overall draft pick Uh, and how to play football but if he keeps himself safe like it helps all of us you know like hey if you're healthy it helps all all of us are much better so we appreciate the fact that you want to run people over and you want to gain every single goddamn yard on every single play but if you're out like we're all screwed basically has anybody had that conversation with you or is that just something you've kind of been learning the best
6: ability is availability right yeah that's 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 the saying so i've been able to to kind of learn that but um, the times I feel like I've missed games, though, it's my rookie year. I was stand, standing in the pocket. I threw and got my elbow kind of dinged up. And uh, in college, I, I ran a little bit, and that was a different story. But,
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, but you're, a freak a- you're a freak athlete, though, so I could see it just like with Andrew. Like, Andrew was very fast. He was athletic. He was big. So you could see how the human side of that would be like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but also I could probably pick up the first down right here no problem even if i'm gonna take a shot who cares i'll deal with that tomorrow and everybody's always like yeah but those shots are gonna add up and you get it i don't have to tell you you're you're a guy uh connor what do you got for old josh allen
2: yeah josh massive patriots fan uh and as you have been leveling up each season i've been leveling down uh, (laughs) which is fun but you mentioned not winning the division since 95 and obviously it's matches for the organization but how much does it mean uh to win it for the city and bills mafia and the fans for you
6: I mean, I, I, definitely think that they deserve it. Um, you know, here from the stories that I've been told early in the nineties, this place was like any other, like the, the buzz, the energy around the city, um, you know, and that's what we want to bring back. We want to bring back that early nineties feel when we had JK and Thurman and Andre Reed, you know, doing the K gun here and just people went absolutely nuts for him. So, um, you know, it's our goal to, to bring a Super Bowl here and, have the greatest party that Bill's Mafia has ever seen because it, it really will be that.
1: God, could you imagine the tables, the oh, uh, Bill's geez. Mafia is awesome. And I know they banned the dildo throwing. I think that's something <laughs> they should bring
3: back. But
1: it is insane up there. And you're the perfect guy for that team by the way it, it, and i think that's what bill's mafia is like this is our guy ty what do you got
0: josh it's funny that you mentioned uh that growth spurt because i was actually going to ask if you ever like considered maybe pitching professionally i don't know if you know but i'm assuming that you throw a baseball harder than hell have you ever like had that tested or uh do you know how hard you throw the football
6: yeah uh I've, i mean i've played baseball up until my senior i've played all throughout high school and I was probably humming right around 92, 93.
0: <laughs> um, oh before the growth spurt.
6: That, yeah, before. So, it, I mean, if I got into a throwing uh, throwing program for a little bit, I don't know. I, I'm assuming I'd be in the mid-90s. So um, I did obviously have that aspiration as a kid growing up and wanted to be a professional athlete of some sort. But quarterback was, you know, fo- football was the only sport for me. You know, I, I loved playing baseball, but it was just too damn boring.
1: Bingo. Yep. I appreciate that. I, I love what you just said right there. Uh, before we let you go, and I know you got to get to work, and we appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much for this. Um, you Before you leave, we have to ask you, like, what's the, the furthest documented football toss? I don't care if it's an NFL ball. I don't care if it's college ball, high school ball. What's the furthest documented in your eyes from you?
2: 83.
6: Oh! Holy hell. My God. Yeah. In That's Wyoming. N- so it's 7,200 feet elevation with the. Oh! <laughs>
1: oh doesn't count. That doesn't matter. You still got to hum yeah, you it. Said, you, like, said, like, und- you
6: said it doesn't matter. It was 83.
1: <laughs> no, but I agree. But you still got to be able to throw it there. Was that an NFL ball, college ball? What was it?
6: It was a call, a Nike Vapor Max.
1: <sighs> they, they got the big laces on that thing, too. So you can really, you know what I mean? You can really
6: hum <laughs> that thing.
1: Yeah. Hey, good luck Monday night, dude. We appreciate your time so yeah. much.
6: Yeah, thank you for having me on, guys. Appreciate
1: it. It's been really cool watching you, Josh. You know? It's been well, really you. cool yeah. watching you get better. It's, it's like, cool to watch. Appreciate it doesn't that. happen all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's been fun. Some guys, some guys a lot, stink and get much do, worse. A- yeah, you will. All right, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Josh Allen. Thank yeah! you, yeah! Yeah!
0: We interrupt this conversation to just remind you what you already know, and that is that FanDuel is... The best sports book there is. Raven Steelers just kicked off, and I'm excited to go watch that game because I have a lot of juicy props on it. You're going to find the best odds anywhere on the internet or in any sports book at FanDuel. The best tech. It's so easy to use. I can't stress this enough. If you've never used it before, you're not much of a gambler. Boom. You see a team you want to bet on. They're going to give you multiple options for how you can do that. There's a bunch of new states coming on all the time. So if you're in one of those states and you're not on FanDuel, you should be. And if your state doesn't have FanDuel yet, you know, be patient. They may be coming. Now, FanDuel has been kicking everyone in the teeth the last couple of weeks. But before that, they have given away millions and millions of dollars, different odds boosts that really don't seem smart. It's like taking candy from a baby the best tech, and one of the most friendly customer experiences you will find. We love using FanDuel here, and if you're not using FanDuel, give it a shot. I'm sure you won't be disappointed. Let's get back to the show.
1: Joining us now is a man who is a two-time pro bowler, four-time all-pro. That seems interesting. And he just signed a four-year extension for up to $105 million dollars can't hide it shouldn't talk about it but the internet already has (laughs) join us now tackle for the green bay packers david boxy how you doing bub
4: i gotta give you credit uh, you are uh premier at giving introductions
1: well, it from- should have been a little bit better, to be honest with you. I want to let you know it should have been a little bit better, but I know you're in the middle of a work week. I know this is Fast Friday. Probably have a chance to go home, so I wanted to get right to it because there are important questions that need answers. You know what I'm saying?
4: I, I do. I, I do agree. I've, I have heard the slander of my name, and I'm assuming we're <laughs> to topics. And uh, I let Aaron know that uh, if he feels the flames in the locker room right now, he knows where it's coming from.
1: Okay, so let's get to the heat. The heat is in the kitchen. And uh, the kitchen is hot right now in the Bakhtiari. Not Because not only that, do you just have bags of money that you can throw on fires now that kind of keep the flames going and everything like that. Congrats to you, by the way. Well-deserved. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. well-deserved, sir. I, I like to see everybody make money. I want to see everybody rich. I hope everybody gets a chance to do so. You accomplishing that is an incredible feat, and it's very well-deserved. Now, we have to talk to the, uh, about the pertinent subjects here. You have never got your quarterback a Christmas present. Now that you just signed the biggest deal in left tackle history, are you potentially thinking about getting him something for this holiday season?
4: Uh, well, before I answer that question, it, it is a, it's a little disheartening to know that my gifts that I've given him are that forgetful wow. to him. Wow.
7: Oh, that
4: he says that I haven't even gotten him a gift. I mean, the fact that even Brian and I went out of our way to find because a guy who can really get whatever he wants, you know, we wanted to get something on the funny side and also something a little sincere to him. And, you know, he's a scotch drinker. Mm-hmm. And we went out of our way to get a couple of really nice bottles for him. What? Some that it's particularly a little bit hard for him to get. And uh, the fact that those go unnoticed and even oh. forgotten out of his memory, which I think we all know Aaron is uh, has got one of the best memories. I think that at least the guy that I know that that really just kind of proves me kind of where I stand with him. On, uh, when, when it comes to uh, him even remembering anything I even do.
1: That's a shame. That's a shame that that happens because I know whenever you're trying – because – A lot of us in the NFL are tough to shop for, right? I mean, a lot of us are normally impulse buyers. We have the ability to have connections to get damn near anything. And I've been told my entire life I'm very difficult to shop for. And I respect and appreciate that. But then whenever your friends go out of the way to find you something that you know is heartfelt and thought out, it's like I understand that you could have spent a lot of money to get me something that's glorious, but I could have got that myself. So you going out of your way to really – You know, get him uh, something that he might not be able to get himself or something you know he'll love. And the fact that he just took that bottle, okay, probably drank it. I don't know if you saw earlier in the season. This is what his scotch glasses look like, okay? He goes goes six fingers deep. We had that conversation earlier. The fact that he just drank that and then doesn't even recall that is a little bit sad. Was that a New Year's Eve gift or was that a Christmas gift? And do you think that is potentially the confusion?
4: That was a birthday gift. I gave him plenty of time for him to kind of uh... (laughs) – mull it over enjoy it especially in the holiday season keep warm in the house without turning on the fire Mm -hmm. um and then yeah i mean we do white elephant every year uh i don't get one specifically but i actually am working on uh, a gift for him i gave him a gift this year again for his birthday as you know it was was this week and i'm sure actually i do know that he did forget because he had asked me you didn't get me anything for my birthday and again (laughs) i was like well clearly you must have skipped over my page where i gave you a recipe for best friend ribs and best friend uh, smoked chicken wings. So, oh wow! By the way, you're not just giving that gift
1: to anybody. You're not giving that gift to anybody. By the way, you got to earn that gift right there through. Years I mean, of that life that life is you. sentimental.
4: That that rub that I put with both of those isn't something <laughs> that you can just go buy anywhere or get anywhere. This is a this is a little secret thing that I have working in the house. It's something I knew that as he's becoming more passionate about, I wanted to give to him. And again, who gets forgotten? So that's I, at least I know where I stand. I mean, I'm cool with it. I still. I respect our friendship. I consider him a best friend. I don't know how he considers me, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I know where I stand. I know where my loyalties are, and I can go to sleep at night, and I can look myself in the mirror.
1: Well, and that's why, you know, offensive linemen are like that, though. You know, oftentimes forgotten oftentimes very, very loyal, willing to do whatever they can to get the job done. And, I, I, you know, it's interesting, though, you said you've got him gifts in the past for his birthday because you you also got to feel for Aaron a little bit. December birthday uh, normally means you get fucked on one way or the other there for Christmas or for your birthday. You know what I mean? Like the rest of us, we kind of have, you know, our birthday and then then the holiday season comes around. It's two different things. The December birthdays, that is a, you know, should have came out a different month. Should have came out a different month. That's not your fault. I'm just saying. You could see how he potentially goes, yeah, but, but Dave, that's my birthday. There's a difference between the two just because I was – so you can see where he's coming from in that whole thing too as well. No, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've heard what he's looking for, by the way. We have a photo of it. I don't know if you want help and what you should buy him for Christmas if you're going to get him a Christmas gift or anything like that. But I believe this is actually what he wants. Either do we have the photo? That is the Aston Martin he's looking for. That's him at his house waiting for you to show up. I'm not sure you'll be able to fit in it. But, I, you know, I think what Aaron was talking about was if he got this car, which he has dreamed about forever, from the offensive lineman that he has dreamed about having protecting him forever, it would really be his world coming full circle with his best friend David Bakhtiari.
4: I would assume if anyone really got him that gift, he would be over the moon. That is a very lofty gift. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, that's what Christmas is all about. You get to have a Christmas wish list and get to wish for whatever you want, whether it shows up underneath the tree. A whole <laughs> other but I mean, hey, shoot or shoot. And he shot his shot. And I'll give him credit for that.
1: I think that's a 200 and some 1000 dollars car, maybe. I think it may be $300,000 car. It is something you could afford now, and let's talk about that. Somebody's calling us right now in this. Somebody's potentially calling Vince McMahon's office right now. In that, And We should not be answering that, or we should probably stay away from that. I apologize for the interruption there. Uh, tell them War Games Sunday. To, uh, yeah, tell them, please. The, um, the, the extension that happened mid-season. And with the NFL, whenever you're in that conversation, was there any talks about how the salary cap is potentially changing next year, right? Because everybody's expecting salary cap to go down. Was there any Mm -hmm. talks with you and your agent or the agent and the team for if the salary cap drops, how that'll allocate throughout the years going forward? Was that even a topic of discussion at all? And I'm only asking that because there's a lot of other people whose contracts are up. I wonder if that's going to be a trend after you finish your big deal that just happened.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, an issue that uh, uh, the players and the clubs have to deal with next year. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you are what your worth is. And that's, I mean, when we came into negotiation for at least in my perspective, um, and you've seen the, the premier guys, yeah, I mean, your value is your value. You're going to get paid, which you should get paid.
1: So there was no conversation by the team that was like, if next year the salary cap drops to this, we're going to do this with the contract, or we'll pay you out on the other side. That conversation... Did not happen. There was nothing like that in the business sense of the whole thing. No. No. Hey, good for you. (laughs) I don't know if that's going to be a normal thing. I don't know. Um, You come back off an injury. I think all of Packers fans were very thankful to have you back. This offense, you go against the Colts defense, which is a very high-rated defense. You go against the Bears defense. It is a very high-rated defense. In the offense, it seems to be humming. From an offensive line standpoint – what is different between this year and last year? And why are you guys having so much so much uh, success, you think? Because it's awesome watching you guys go to work over there.
4: Uh, honestly, it's just everyone is in their second year in the offense. Uh, the coaches are more exposed to the, the players and their personnel and who they have. I think they're catering the game plans even better, having understanding of us players. And on the opposite side, us players, we – understand more schematically what to do uh, more. Of the adjustments were, I guess, more across the board, a custom. everyone's doing their one eleventh job. And then not to mention Aaron's playing out of his mind. Aaron is playing Aaron Rodgers football and with him at that level. And now in his second year of the offense, where now it's this guy's got a, a memory, like an elephant, it's, it's like working the backside I and mean, he can go in and out of any such such plays that he desires based on what personnel we're in and get us in the right checks. And then specifically for us in the offensive line, we can have all of our adjustments based on the defensive ones that they present us to work with the given said play, which then makes us more effective. And I think you're seeing that in our production through scoring, through moving the ball through our yards. And I mean, also we're having fun. We've been emphasizing a lot um, the gold zone, something that is very precious to us. Through our offensive coordinator, shout out uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, So when you see us uh, raising the hands up, saying we love gold, that's uh, that is that is our gold zone. That's very precious to us.
1: I'm waiting for one of you to lift your legs up over your shoulders. You know what I mean? If we're going to do gold member, let's go ahead and really do the full thing. Um, You know, we've seen Lafleur. Do you call him Coach Lafleur?
4: Yeah, I call him. You say
1: you say Lafleur.
4: Le Fleur, Lefleur. Yeah. I, 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 I oh.
1: Oh. Well, well, you're a sophisticated man there with the uh, Le Lefleur I got yelled at by
4: Tom What's that? You have to do your pinky out when you kind of address it in that manner.
1: Uh, Le Fleur, I have a question. I've seen him mix it up, though. Aaron and him have a little physical... Uh, big Bob Tunyon punched him in the face, I think, <laughs> after scoring a touchdown. Is he He's just. Is he always like that? Like, at practice, he's high energy? Because he never gets talked about, right? And it's probably because you guys are in Green Bay. There's no owner to really promote everything that's going on over there. And maybe there's some media biases or whatever. But the amount of success he's had in his start to his NFL head coaching career is unbelievable. But then i think feel like he's also a guy we don't know a lot about. You know, I, I feel like he never gets talked about, which he probably enjoys. Like, who cares? Just keep me out of the conversation. Much like Mike Tomlin has been for a long, long time. Nobody really talks about it. But it seems like he's an excitable, energetic guy. What are your interactions with him and is he always like that?
4: Uh the thing that right away, even when I first met him, he's extremely humble and he wants to win. He doesn't care if he is in the limelight or like you said, no one even brings him up. It doesn't matter to him. His what he cares about is winning the football game, being productive and ha- and doing a good job. Even when we do win and in the offense, because obviously he's an offensive minded coach, that isn't performed to the standard that he thinks is possible. I mean, he's the first to blame himself and the game plan when, I honestly, I have no problem meaning like, it falls on the players. Like we didn't execute the way we should have done. But he will always put himself out there for us and that just shows the type of the character that he is um, as a man and as a coach. And I think a lot of us rally behind him and we have a lot of fun with him. He's, he's young. He's got a little pep in his step. Uh, he brings that energy. And when we, when we're all fired up, he's fired up too. And, uh, it's, it's contagious. And, and, and he's very approachable to a point where you can punch him in the chest and he he'll take it. He'll,
1: he'll throw it back. He's, uh, he'll jump in the air, kind of dap
4: you up. I mean, it's, it's awesome.
1: Uh, Ty, who's one of the owners of the Green Bay Packers, has a question.
0: David, I remember there was an article that came out a few years ago uh, about how you introduced a bunch of guys in the locker room to uh, Settlers of Catan, and I was just wondering uh, if you still play that at all because uh, Aaron's talked to us about how hard it's been to like kind of build camaraderie this year. So if you can't do that kind of stuff, is there anything you've been doing with the uh, offensive line to kind of stay you know in a good space uh, because you guys have shuffled around so much?
1: What I mean, nerd he- bullshit is Settlers of Catan? <laughs> what is this? What is Whoa, this? Easy,
4: game? easy. I mean, <laughs> hey, look, I'm an avid. Like, I love board games. I grew up in a. I'm one of four in my household, so we play card games and board games growing up. Like, I love that type of oh, dynamic. I think so. Um, all my buddies, actually, my my good friends from uh, childhood. Uh, I got to give them a shout out. Uh, Max and Mike, Miller. They introduced me, and Ben White. So they introduced me to Settlers of Catan, and it's just a very addictive board game. I brought it to the the players way back. Um, we don't, we don't, do we do it now? No. Uh, I actually haven't played with them uh, a couple of my teammates in a while. Uh, but I mean, I still have my hometown friends. I mean, when we used to hang out back when pre COVID stuff, yeah, we would like shuffle the board and we played literally for hours. It was, I mean, it's a fantastic game. It's very addicting. And just know friendship cards are on the line, uh, when you're playing <laughs> the game, especially when you have the night and you have a chance to, don't know if I can say the word, but f over your your buddy.
1: You oh, yeah. could say, you could have said the word for sure, but the I, I don't know. PG. I look,
4: I'm in the package facility right now. I, I it's very we're, we're a PG organization, so
1: smart, very yeah. smart. Oh, if we resume
4: we and calling at home, yeah, I mean you. I mean. Yeah, got it.
1: Yeah, I got yeah, you're yeah a, right. Right. hey, you're a professional, by the way. You're a professional, and they just paid you seven hundred million dollars. You're one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, the you got can do is, do is yeah, yeah, smart. By the way, that's very smart of you. Uh, Settlers of Catan, a board game. I'm going to try it out someday. Uh, AJ's on the call, former teammate of yours. AJ Hawk would like to say some things.
5: Justin, how you doing? Uh, good to good to chat with you. I just have a quick question about your your lineage. And you are legit. Like the, your family is the true American dream. Can you explain a little bit where you get some of your grit? Because a lot of the boys are Pittsburgh tough, and they think they're gritty. But All if right. you tell, I know your dad is a very very tough amazing dude and his data can you tell what where you got all this grit and toughness from
4: uh my, my dad would say he got it from the streets uh my father carl uh carl baktiari he is a half persian half icelandic and uh it's carl with a k and he'll let you know it okay um and the quick summary i can use uh for the grit is uh harbaugh the coach at michigan um he before anyone ever knew his name he started out at the university of san diego uh and he coached my brother my oldest brother eric ended up playing a little bit in the league he has said the only man more intense than me is carl baktiari and that gives you everything you need to know about my father It, it, it comes to a point like this if he shakes if you shake hands with him. He will let you know right away without being a contest or not. He will have a stronger handshake. Oh, okay. You don't even, you don't even know you're in the You don't even know you're in it. And his ultimate power move. If it's, if it's equal, if it's a draw on the pressure, he'll then throw the hand. Oh yeah. He'll throw the hand right, right on, right on the, the elbow and let you know, kind of bring you in even a little bit tighter. <laughs> it's uh, it, he's, he's one of the more intense guys you'll ever meet, but you love it. His his energy is uh, infectious and it's, It's all the time. He's either 100% or he's passed out on the couch, taking a nap for 30 minutes, and then he's back on again.
1: I like that. I'm very similar to that. Is he half Persian, half Icelandic, or are you half Persian, half Icelandic?
4: He is. And then I primarily just identify with that because I I always ask my mother, uh, Deborah Bakhtiari, um, Debbie, uh, what is our other side of our family? And she just loves to just say, I'm a mutt. So I'm like, okay. So I just use what's easy. There's just two. So
1: you're a you're a you're a Persian Viking.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I get the the green eyes, the dark hair, and then the massive body.
1: Well, and also the the ability to just you know, I don't want to say well, all the athleticism at all. comes
4: from mom, but just the, the size. Oh. Comes from my dad.
1: Um. Good luck this weekend against the Eagles, man. Hope you have a good time. Whenever you're watching film, is it just. Because, um, you know, tackles, you guys are kind of on an island every once in a while. Like, obviously, offensive line has to work together, but tackles are – are you watching film on just one person? Are you – like, what What do you normally focus on throughout your week of uh, scouting and everything like that?
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, I watch uh, – go through all the pass plays um, for the defensive end, seeing who I'm going to go against, just that moves, what he likes to play. Then um, I go through his – uh, run defense how he likes to play the run and fits in the run and then obviously look with the um, any double teams with the interior uh, defensive linemen linebackers kind of how they fit and then like plays that other teams run because it is kind of a copycat league so seeing how they just, the defense presents itself, then obviously pressure stunts blitzes just I mean the run-of-the-mill type of viewing of uh, film
1: when I talk to Robert Mathis and Freeney and them they talk about how being a pass rusher is like chess. Like they're setting you up with moves so that they can bring you things later and everything like that. Are you doing the same thing with them or is it just, uh, I'm a Persian Viking. I need to stop you from getting here. Every single play. It doesn't matter. Uh,
4: I completely agree with them. I've, I didn't even know that they say it's like chess. Cause I've told our interior linemen, just lineman general, it's interior. Uh, when you play like a guard or center, that's like checkers. And when you play out a tackle, it's like chess you're setting up moves, you're kind of uh, – it's slower progression than a quick strike, whereas checker it's quick. You know, you're – you know, you get uh, those three jumps real quick and then you take out the three pieces, Or whereas yeah. chess, you know, you're moving the knight here, you know, moving a rook, just then you can, you know, come hit a bishop like later on. So that's – I completely agree with, you know, how Dwight and uh, Robert have said, outsides like chess.
1: So much going on in the game that we never really know about. Uh, Justin Takatiari, we appreciate you <laughs> so much for joining us, man. Enjoy your cash. I can't wait to see the Aston Martin you give Aaron for his uh, for Christmas. And uh, good luck this weekend, brother.
4: Yeah, thank you. How did you know about uh, the gift?
1: The, the Aston Martin?
4: Yeah. How do you. Uh, no, 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 sorry.
1: <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, <thank> you, David Takatiari. <laughs> Uh, and joining us now to talk a little bit about that because he's going to be a part of the kickoff show for War Games on Sunday, a man you can see on ESPN talking about the MMA uh, and everything else that's going on in the world, ladies and gentlemen, Ariel Helwani. Yeah! How you doing, bud?
8: Just trying to position this the right way. Uh, there he is, our hero, the man who made all of this possible, <laughs> the one and only Hunter Hurst Helmsley. Get the full screen up there. Get the full screen. What do you know about Hunter Hurst Helmsley from the mean streets of Greenwich, Connecticut? Pat McAfee, you jabron. Listen, Hunter called me a couple of days ago and he said, look, We bet big on Pat McAfee. We've got this War Games match. We've got all this stuff going on, undisputed Team McAfee. But you know what we're missing? We're missing ratings. We miss an injection of life that you bring to the table. So will you do us the honor and appear on the pre-show to give everyone the rub, to put everyone over? And I said, Hunter, my good friend, Hunter, say no more. For you, my friend, for the McMahon family, I will be there to give Pat McAfee the rub one more time so you're welcome pat you're welcome
1: uh i feel like i've been through the same exact process you've been to hunter's never talked to you that was michael cole that called you and asked you to do that so the man that you have in a picture behind you uh from the mean streets of greenwich connecticut and also you know old school terror rising if we want to uh you know go deep there king of king cerebral assassin i mean we can do all that he and i Real-life friends, you, you've never got a chance to meet them, but you can hang pictures of them in your room. Maybe this weekend you'll get a chance to shake hands. Are you coming down here? Are you getting into the COVID protocol? Are you doing the entire kickoff show? What do you got going on this weekend?
8: No, no, no. I mean, are you crazy? Uh, I I don't leave my house. I don't know if you know this. I've been (laughs) in the same house since March, in the same room, to be exact. Uh, No one wants to let me leave, and quite frankly, I don't want to leave. And so I will be uh, tucked away here, mission control, Casa de la Helwani, uh, giving you guys the rub. Uh, I'll be a part of the kickoff show with uh, the one and only Wade Barrett and uh, fellow Syracuse Orange Sam Roberts. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's a massive honor. War Games has always been uh, a tremendous event, historic event, rich in history, big time match. I want to know if you're ready. I, you know, it's, it's one thing to go one on one with a legend like Adam Cole, but it's another to be involved in war games, two rings, two cages, one team. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you ready for this? Well, it's wild that
1: you called Adam Cole a legend because he is nowhere near that. Uh, but the one-on-one match with him, we, we all know I made a couple rookie mistakes. Probably should have won that. I should be undefeated. But, yeah, I'm ready. Hey yeah i'm ready the three badasses i got around me aren't gonna let a single thing happen to me Woo! i'm gonna have my hand raised i'm gonna be the winner of war games obviously and it's going to be an exciting time to be alive let me get this straight though they didn't even want you to be on the set with the guys it, that's that's uh so you're just calling from your basement there this is classic oh no, no
8: no 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 sorry <laughs> it seems like you misunderstood uh they said they'd send the jet for me.
1: Oh,
8: yeah, yeah, yeah. They would even said, waste gas look, you know, unleaded
1: on you, pal, if I'll,
8: I will show, show up via, you know, the Zoom, the, the, the whatever kind of technology you guys have. But, you know, it, it takes a lot for me to get on a jet. I mean, we're talking mucho mula, if you know what I'm saying. And, and right now we're not in that ballpark. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying, Pat? Do you yes. understand where I'm coming from? All right. You know, some other organizations, they bring back, you know, some some old fogey sixty five five year old guys, NXT brings Helwani to the dance. <laughs> you understand that? Do you understand what yeah. Helwani equals ratings means? I don't know if you understand.
1: Well, what I'm please about to tell me. you might sting a little bit, but I don't understand what you mean about not getting mucho mula for every single situation. <laughs> just, just want to let you know that. So, that is I do not understand that. Uh, but I do like that you're coming into the NXT family a little bit. Don't embarrass yourself or the product, please, on Sunday, because normally you have a, you know, a trend of doing so. Kind of putting your foot in your mouth, uh, no. embarrassing everybody, False. saying stupid things. Who told things. you that?
8: Who told you that? I want to know who told you that. Who's your source?
1: Dana White. Yeah, mostly Dana White. Oh, here we go
8: again with the IG live master himself. You guys do (laughs) another one of those, or was it just one and done for you?
1: Well, and then also just one and done. Now I'll never be invited back, and I'm not sure he even knew who he was talking to at the time. I think he (laughs) thought he was talking to somebody else, but that's not my problem nor his. Um, Let's talk about your life right now. I saw you in uh, the American Gangster, Chael Sonnen, kind of get into Mm. it. You have a show with him, too, so what is it? Your life is just your name with other people who have accomplished things and then you just talk to them?
8: You know, much like uh, the war game situation, people want the rub. You know, they want to be in the vicinity <laughs> of the nose. So they they, they, they hitch their, their horse to my wagon and I'm, I'm happy for a select few. You know, there's a lot of people coming at Hawani these days, but for a select few, I'll team up with them. Now, let's talk about your situation here. What happened to your fancy, fancy studio here? Are you, are you not even wearing socks? What's going on? Did you put a screen? It, like, this whole situation is worse than my situation. You have a screen behind you. You're not wearing shoes. What happened to the fancy studio? You're sitting at a boardroom desk. What's going on over there?
1: Yeah, funny you say that. At this boardroom that I'm sitting in right now, this is actually Vince McMahon's boardroom. Huh. So, like, I'm I'm sitting in that currently right now. So you did all that talking earlier about, oh, you know, Hunter and I talked in the McMahon family, blah, 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 which isn't true. I know that. They had some low-level, below-mid-management person call you and ask you to do that because uh-huh. I was once in that same position years ago. Not now, obviously, but years ago I was in that position. So I, re- I respect what you went through and trying to oversell it. But I am actually in Vince McMahon's boardroom down here in uh, Orlando getting ready Ready for the War Games match because the boys and I, you know, we've been going through, you know, some teamwork drills and some camaraderie building and also the COVID protocol. And I had to get physicals all week to see if I'm alive enough or healthy enough to even step hmm. into the cage. So I've been down in Orlando all week. The boys are back in Indianapolis. Boys say fuck you to Arielle, And in hey, Indianapolis. Hey, fuck, players, you, fuck
7: you,
8: Arielle. Arielle. Wow. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's how. That's uh, so the way, from you, lost Florida. Some weight. you look a little slimmer than usual. It seems like you're taking this seriously.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Colin Cowherd uh, actually said that I need to enjoy some candies. It's the holiday season. I'm looking a bit too thin. I appreciate that. But this is the lightest I've been. I've been very strict with the diet, the workout plan. I feel good going, and I can't lose again. I can't be a completely defeated wrestler. You know what I mean? So Sunday's going to be a big night, Eric.
8: Are you saying right here and now that if you lose this match on Sunday, you're done? You will never wrestle again? Are you saying that you will never step foot in an NXT or WWE ring ever again? Is that the stipulation here? Is that what you just said? Is that the breaking news?
1: It has not even crossed my mind.
8: Okay. Okay, Listen, I I
1: watched the Queens Gambit. Okay. So if people want to get into a conversation about closed Sicilian, open Sicilian and all that stuff, I can get into that. But I'm a checkers player. Okay? I am a checkers player. I'm only worried about what's right in front of me right now. I haven't even thought about any of that conversation because the boys and I are so damn confident going into Sunday. Mm-hmm. There hasn't even been a thought of a potential loss, even though Undisputed Era has been in every single war game since it has come back and they have a lot of experience and, but they're not undefeated in there, by the way, the boys have lost. And I feel like we've been watching film. We've been watching tape. We've been working together. We even did like a, a camaraderie building exercise the last couple of days. I mean, the boys and What's I that? feel very...
8: What are you talking about, camaraderie building exercise? Please.
1: This hap- is what happens when you have friends or you're on a team. Yeah.
8: Yeah. What does that mean? What are you guys uh, playing bingo together? What are you playing Connect Four? What are you guys doing out there? I thought you guys were buds. Are you trying... Wait, wait a second. Are you trying to say that you're not actually friends and those three guys with those plain black trunks are just guys that you kind of just picked out of the locker room and thought, oh, these guys could protect me if I actually get into a fight? Is that what you're trying to say, that this whole thing of you guys being a tight-knit unit is actually a farce? Sounds like you were implying that.
1: No. No. No, what I'm saying is, although this team did get brought together by money, a lot of it, Mm. okay, the squad that I have, I had to pay them to not protect me, but be alongside me in whatever was to pop off. We did not know a War Games match was around the corner whenever we got started, but I did have money to bring them, and we we joked very quickly because we're all like-minded people. We're all badasses. We all like to succeed, and we all hate the Undisputed Era. So, I mean, that was a very quick camaraderie-building thing. But you're talking about Undisputed Era. These guys have all been in each other's weddings for years and years and years. It is very normal for teams that are at very high levels to continue to build the chemistry, to continue to put each other over, to continue to learn about each other. Pete Dunn and I have had conversation down the bruiser way a man who would smack you in the mouth without you even thinking about it. He, He and I have had conversations about his family and everything like that so whenever we go into this cage it's not just a team that was aligned because of cash these are we're four brothers walking into war ready to absolutely dominate the undisputed era and i'm not going to slow down at any given time on building the camaraderie with the guys that i think will probably last forever if i had to guess
8: taking this all in it reminds me a lot of the uh the super bowl from a few years back sounds like the undisputed era. By the way, when I'm speaking, you put your phone down, all right? I'll take that phone and I'll shove it up your behind so fast you won't know it to hit you. Okay, <laughs> show me some respect. You look at me man to man, eye to eye. It sounds like the undisputed era are the New Orleans Saints, and you guys are the Indianapolis Colts of yesteryear. That's what it sounds like. Tightened team, team brought together from. My... Sounds like we're going to see a redux, if you will, of the Super Bowl from a few years back.
1: Well, if it's the New Orleans Saints, the only thing they're going to experience is the Minneapolis Miracle and get shit on on Sunday (laughs) (laughs) night in Oregon. That is is what's going to happen if they are the Saints. And they're a great squad. I want to let you know. Who are you texting
8: over there? Were you getting worried that this was getting a little too heated so you needed backup like you do when you go up against Undisputed Era?
1: No, no. This show's so big that there's just people telling me things that could potentially happen once we get the loser off the screen, (laughs) what we could do potentially next. That's what's going on, Ariel. That's what's going on. Hey, after this nerd's done, do we want to potentially talk about this is what's being said, but that's what happens when you don't work for, you know, ESPN full time and have producers that do all the thinking for you and everything like that. Our team here at the Pat McAfee Show, let alone the boys that I'm going to war with on Sunday, but our team. We put this show together with a lot of preparation and planning. Okay? It's not just happening on the fly. It's not just happening mm-hmm. on the fly like many people think. We do preparation and planning all around the clock, pal, and that might have been a little something that you saw.
8: So, so, so since War Games is Sunday, are you going from War Games to uh, Arizona for the Monday night Bill's 49ers tilt? No, why? Oh, that's right didn't get the monday night job that's right.
7: <laughs> oh God, that's right oh my bad i'm sorry that was
8: awkward that was not nice i should have i should have checked my facts that's right my producer in my ear told me that i was wrong. i thought i thought you were in the running for that but that's right steve levy lewis reddick greasy i forgot anyway continue please
1: uh, I'm not going there. Is there anything <laughs> happening in the fighting world right now? Is there anything going on? Have I heard? I saw Poirier and um, and Conor McGregor in it. I, I was thinking about maybe it's time for me to set up fights. Ooh. You know what I mean? Dana does it. Oh. Bellator does it. I was thinking maybe this is something I should get involved in. And to be honest with you, I think you're an easy person to find a fight for. So I made some calls, maybe some text messages. There, joining us oh. now, ladies and gentlemen. Booker T, yeah, uh, is he there? Is he there? Oh, what, what's going on, Pat? But what's going on, man? Ah, hey, man, man, I just want to say, man. Back. I
7: just want to say, Mr. Much, Irrelevant much, much respect, man. Much respect, much Booker respect T. to you, bro.
1: Hey, Booker T, much respect to you as well. I couldn't hear everything you were saying because this loser was speaking over top of you. Booker T, do you have anything to say to Ariel Helwani, who's been running his fat mouth any single time he gets a chance? And he doesn't understand that not only is Booker T a badass professional wrestler, businessman, commentator, but in real life, I've heard stories around these parts, okay, in the WWE family that I'm just a friend of. I'm not in the family. In real life, though. An ass kicker, Booker T. Is there anything you have to say to Ariel Helwani and his stupid nose and face and dumb mouth that's been running since he was in, uh, uh, conceived to this world?
7: You know, man. You know, I've been busy uh, this last week. You know, with Bad Bunny. You know, the song just came out. Everybody's all hyped up about that, um, and I always say, man, just staying relevant um, is, is the most important thing um, to me at, at this stage of my, my life and career. You know, and then I see someone like Aaron? Hwani, a guy that's running his mouth. You know, I've been trying to get this guy to come on my show, uh, but he's been he's been running, he's been ducking and hot. he's been talking everywhere. He's been talking, you know, out the side of his neck uh, about Booker T. There again, um, two-time Hall of Famer, uh, six-time World Heavyweight Champion, entrepreneur, guy that's done um, just about. Everything as well as giving back to the youth with uh, a small little wrestling organization that I have here in Texas called Reality of Wrestling. You know, we we we, we 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 work real hard for our artists here at Reality of Wrestling. But Ariel, one, like I said, if I I know you ain't I know you ain't working out. I know you ain't training or anything like that. Other than uh, other than anything but your voice, trying to make sure you you call it right when you're out there doing the MMA thing. But but I but I tell you, I challenge you on any. Any stage, any level, uh, in the ring, out of the ring, don't matter. Um, anywhere in the world, uh, I had challenged Ariel. Wanted to any kind of contest that, that you want to uh, partake in. Uh, and my thing is, I'm sick and tired of all the trash talking. I'm sick and tired of all of uh, someone running their mouth. I, I'm ready to do this like it's supposed to be done. Make this sucker bow down. Make him pay, my son. Make him get on his knees and say, "Daddy, I don't want no more." I'm ready to tap. That's what they. Doing MMA. So, Ariel Hawani, anywhere, anytime, like I say, if I catch you at Starbucks, you know, order your caramel, Margillado, I'm whooping your ass.
1: It's, yeah! awesome. oh, yeah. it's on site, Ariel. It is on site, he said. Do you have anything Let's to see, say for yourself, know, Ariel? Wait a minute.
7: Wait a minute. Let's, you know what? I'm going to use the Donald Trump line here. Let's see what sleepy Ariel he got to say.
8: <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? First of all, thank you for that. It felt like it was a uh, 1998 Nitro again, the last time that you were relevant yeah, when you were yeah. dropping Ooh. that. Yeah, buddy, but man, I, I, do, I do man, want to apologize to you. you sincerely, Booker. I want to apologize to you because you said something there that kind of hurt me in the heart. So I want to take this time to apologize to you. I understand, based on what you just said, uh, that you have invited me um, to be on your program. And I have not reciprocated. I have not appeared on the program. And so I want to apologize for not taking you up on that offer. I do want to let you know, though, that I've told my agent in the past, and this is probably why I didn't get the invite, that I don't appear on shows that don't have more than 25 viewers. That's the (sighs) problem. So you see, I work for the worldwide leader in sports. I can't waste my time on yeah. rinky-dink local Houston, yeah. I think, radio shows that are listened to by 25 people. Yeah. Booker, you had a good run, my man, but it's 2020. <laughs> 1999 called when WCW gave you the bell because they had no one else in the company. No. <laughs> you, you haven't been relevant for 20 years, Buster. So I'll tell you yeah. what, if what? you need me to go over there to boost the ratings like I'm doing this Sunday at the NXT TakeOver oh, show, man, I'll the happy gonna to crash. Crash. The I'll the do it. I'll do it out the of the <laughs> To be honest <laughs> with you, my man, there's nothing uh, uh, you for me game uh, here, as, you know what I'm saying? As, I do a show with a two-time that. Olympian, Daniel Cormier, a man who stepped in the cage and won the UFC title. Oh my heavy God, heavy Daniel something. Cormier, <laughs> the, the guy, guy who cried, I guy guy who who cried, cried. on national Not television because like he it. got his ass
7: whipped <laughs> by Judge Jones twice. That's the guy you're talking about? On a steroids, The guy who just <laughs> got retired, that's who you're talking about? Hey, bro, come on, come on! You talking about relevancy? Daniel Cormier is no more relevant than you are. I'm gonna tell you right now. The Ravens <laughs> are definitely. I'm call his ass good. up right now too. <laughs> <laughs> cool. you, know too. Know why? you know why? Right You now. you need somebody, you need somebody to watch your back. You need somebody to protect you. You know what? I, I'm, I'm six foot three, two hundred and forty pounds of Roman mm. storming, grave digger destruction. And I know that's a whole line, uh that will whoop somebody's ass. I don't need no bodyguard. I don't need no backup. Uh, so why? Why you? Why are you talking about calling Daniel Cormier? Because I just said he was crying on national television, but getting his ass Wow. Head.
8: Wow, you're going to go there, huh? You're going to hit the man no, while you he's You just down. went there talking about my career. In shoes that you Booker couldn't T even dream the most, of putting Booker on, Booker T. T. Booker you, T. T. Booker T. T. you do a little little, little dance, you do a little spinneroony, and you think you're all that. You put Booker a little paint on your one, head. Guess what? Booker T is one of the things that Daniel Cormier put around his neck. He put an Olympic gold around his neck, for God's sake. What do you know about that? You don't know about that.
7: How many two time Hall of Famers do you know?
8: None, yeah. Ariel.
7: Shut your mouth. How about that, Listen, Ariel? Who you, how went about you about into went to the Hall name? of Fame? You didn't earn that. You didn't earn you
5: know any of what that. I so I went to the Hall because of because Fame. You know, you know what, what I, I am? i am. Don't I'm don't about You go toe-to-toe. You're talking to a
8: real shooter. I'm going to tell you right there. Ariel, What?
7: I'm going to you Real If I see you around the building. You understand If I catch you around the building. And i I said this before. I said if I catch you at the workplace, I ain't going to do nothing. If I catch you at the airport, they ain't going to do nothing. But you're talking about me and my career. You started this. If I catch you at the building, I'm going to slap you around.
8: How about, <laughs> How about DC? DA. I got, I got Daniel Corp. DC. I got Booker T oh. and Pat McAfee live on the radio right now. You disparaging see you ask, your like name. They have spirit. come at me. Just DC. Tell them what he you're going to do to Booker T. Tell them right now. Daniel, you're Daniel, on the air right he now. Tell Booker T. He's just like a little bitch. He called Daniel Corp. Hey, Booker T. D.C. is talking. A real champion is talking. Shut you your <laughs> mouth <laughs> when a real champion is talking. D.C., you go ahead. ahead. You want D.C. to oh, because was a, a bitch. It's a non
7: <laughs> me. I mean, in, any, in air, any area, in any area, in the weight room, on the track, on the golf course, because I hear that's what he loves to do now, in the wrestling room, no matter where this happens, it's a non-event. You don't put me in a situation where I'm competing against Booker T. It does not work, and I do not want to embarrass a guy that I used to look up to. But this attitude that he's shown lately shows me why for so long no one ever stood up out of their seats when he hit the curtain.
2: Hey, That's me. right. He was a curtain oh, jerk at DC. Hey, he was a
8: curtain hey, jigger, hey, and hey, he held the hey, of Stevie radio for years. How dare you speak about Daniel Cormier like this? How dare you guys try to jump me like this? I got I got Olympians by my side. Is that what an well, well, is? I'm, I'm oh, wait, 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 I got champions by wait. my side. Is Pat is McAfee. What have you I'm ever won? Like a kicking contest? A loser? You haven't won anything.
7: building, Daniel Cormier is not going to be with you. And I'm going to slap you around. Slap you around. <laughs> How about
8: that? Yeah, you ain't slapping nothing around, Jabrona, right? All you doing is yeah. slapping around that little weight set that you got over there for yeah. the yeah. price yeah. You made for what? the Geriatric Club 55 and old. I'm, old in the gym. Days, I'm in the gym Seven, training eight, every day.
7: I mean, like, 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 all right, go Hey, listen, real quick. I respect Daniel Cormier and what he's done in the fighting game. I've never called Daniel Cormier out to a fight or anything like that. because, like, This all started because you called him out. No, did like you forget say, no, because did the I, old man? Because, stuff I, re- get to because you over I respect. Because I respect. You started he, it. You started oh, it. Now, now, now you now you don't want to let me talk. Like I say, I respect Daniel Cormier for what he's done. But but Ariel, one, you've done nothing but talk. You've done nothing. I've never heard about one fight that Ari Harwani has been in. You the one who brought Daniel Cormier into this beef between you and I. You the sucker who ran your mouth talking about the irrelevance of Booker T and bringing up my career and what I've done to, as far as what I've represented in, for, for this business, for so many.
8: How dare you? How like dare you? Of, not uh, one, Booker, Please, hey, Booker, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not, not arena, six, not seven, no, you, you not you eight, not, 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 not nine, nine times. Because nine. I'm going to slap you, I'm going slap you, i what you're talking
1: to. More prestigious than a Pulitzer Prize. Booker, Booker, thank you so much for your time, man. That was incredibly well done. And if I ever see Ariel, I'll slap him around for you before you even get a chance to get after him.
7: Hey, I appreciate it, bro. Thanks for
1: the You're the
8: Let's best, go- <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen,
1: a real champion, a real hero.
8: How dare you try Woo! to use an old man to blindside <laughs> me when I could call up an Olympian, when I could call up a two-time UFC champion. You want me to call up Chael P next, American gangster from Westland, Oregon? I got friends for days. You guys can't touch me. What do you got? You, you got old men coming friends. to your age. I got this you guy.
1: You are the one that's trying to fight Booker T. Not hey, me. I'm not, like, I'm not saying you want to tell Daniel Cormier that I'll, I'll give him the big. Not a single. I have a little self-awareness. You do not, Ariel. And it was very obvious that entire conversation with Booker T. And I assume that it would potentially be to your detriment at some point, Woo. especially if he sees you. Because he said more than once. Uh, that he's just going to smack you around. And I, I don't yeah. think hes is messing he'll around. He'll see I, me
8: from like 50 yards away. He'll get on his little scooter. He'll use his <laughs> little cane. And then I'll just power walk my way out of there. I mean, how is he going to jump me? I mean, the guy is 57 years old, is if not 58. I mean, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm very afraid. I, how, like, old what, you? What else? how old are Who else are you, you got to bring out from behind the curtain?
1: How old are you? How old are you?
8: It doesn't matter how old I am. I'm 38. I'm 38.
1: Hey, I, I would bet. Very, very large amounts of money that mm-hmm. a 57-year-old Booker T. I don't know if that's how old he is. 55. Whatever he is. 55? hmm
8: Looks 57.
1: Well, he, I know what he definitely looks, and that is in better shape than you've ever been in your entire life. Yeah, I don't think 55 what do you know, trips how do you around know what the sun shape changes. Because you. Like, you've only seen you- me
8: from the neck up.
1: Yeah, and it's a pencil neck, just like that thing you're holding in your goddamn
8: hand. Uh, oh, oh, here we go. Yeah, here we go. I mean, it is, pencil, is. I've never seen a human. I've never seen a human look like a combined, trash bag okay? as much as you do. See the wars it's been through? Look at that eraser. It's hardly there. Those are the kinds of wars it's been through. Bigger wars than you and Booker combined, all right? Because
2: like you can't spell.
1: Well, it, not only can it can't spell, but also that thing's going to be used to erase your entire legacy whenever you and Booker potentially run into each other face-to-face. Because now that you're doing the NXT kickoff show, what you're going to learn quickly is Hey, you're going to run into some people. You are going to run into some people. When it happens, I hope I'm there when you get your ass kicked. Ladies and gentlemen, Sunday kickoff show, War (laughs) Games. A man who will be on there from his basement. Ladies and gentlemen. Exactly.
8: And that's where the joke is on you, Mr. McAfee. I ain't running into anyone because I'm doing the show from here. Best of luck to you and those (laughs) jabrones on Sunday. I'll be watching. The Undisputed Era will reign supreme once again. Adios.
1: Take a hike, dude. Jesus just got a tweet from Daniel Cormier. <laughs> got a tweet from Daniel Cormier, basically saying, uh, you know, I better not be slippy He's going to catch me out there for blindsiding his guy, area, Um Yeah, at DC underscore MMA tweets. Won't be no smacking around going on around here, Booker T. Pat McAfee Show, you better watch your back trying to sneak attack my boy like that. This is a fight you and your buddy do not want. Hashtag. Non event. Oh, no. dragging you into this. I mean, now. if it's
3: a tag team, all you got to do is take down Ariel. I, I like your chances. <laughs> <It's> true.
1: <laughs> yeah, so if Booker T and DC get into it, that kind of just leaves me and Ariel. Ariel hasn't left his bedroom in, what, 10 months? That guy hasn't <laughs> done anything. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm kind of in a good spot here, aren't I? I, I feel like I'm riding pretty high almost
0: yes. at this point. Advantageous matchup. I wouldn't be too worried at all.
1: I don't know what the odds would say, you know, because they got a uh, a two-time fighting champion. Like sure. World, sure, yeah, sure, sure. Fighting champion in there, a double champ and an Olympic gold medalist. So I don't know how the sports book would uh, have us, but I'm okay punching Ariel Hawani in the mouth <laughs> that, you know, For disrespecting Booker T like that. You know what I mean? You got to do what you got to do. Uh, Zito, how's the poll? What's the update on that thing before we get AJ Hawks' handsome ass in here? Uh, I'll give you once. So I got to pull it up. because we took it off the computer. Oh.
5: Hmm.
2: The only worry in that uh, tag team matches, you know, after you do punt heel he'll, he'll, he'll Wani to the moon, having to turn to DC, you know, and dealing with that other front. Yeah,
1: that is a bit problematic. Uh, who will win the NXT Takeover War Games? Um my team is up still 85% to 40 Yeah, everybody yeah. knows what's it's going good, down yeah. on Sunday. <laughs> Sunday night, WWE Network. I will be in a steel cage match alongside the bruiserweight Pete Dunn in the legends Danny Burch and Lorcan taking on the Undisputed Era. I cannot wait for it. It is going to be a brutal match up i'm learning about it as we go here turns out i, I potentially bit off a little bit more than i could chew but my team's a bunch of badasses so i'm worried about a damn thing a man that was alongside of me the last time i got into a fight in nxt ladies and gentlemen Super Bowl champion aj
5: hawk yeah! Yeah! what's going on dude should i have known about uh like a, a big a beef between booker t and ariel hawani is that something that is known to everybody Yeah, it's been cooking for the last few months. It's been cooking for the last
1: few months. I I don't know how it started. I think it potentially did start with Booker and DC saying something, and then Ariel just kind of hopped in and like made himself a part of it. And He's like, oh, okay, I I do a show with DC, so I'm going to go after Booker T. And then Booker T was like, excuse me, fella, I don't even knows you, okay? So if you're going to keep talking, uh, this could be a real thing. And then Ariel just kept going and kept going and kept going. And then, obviously it led to one of the most magical moments in this show's history. I mean, that was just absolutely amazing, AJ. I don't know if you got a chance to see it or hear it, but it was wild in here for a good 10, 15 minutes.
5: I, I got to see a, a little bit of it. I don't know if anyone really heard much with all of the you know seven different voices and nine phones being held up to mics while everyone's trying to speak over each other. But it was it was exciting to see and very entertaining.
1: That one had a hotline caller, two people on FaceTime, and a speakerphone. (laughs) And that, that is how you do good radio in 2020, AJ. That is how you do good radio in 2020. AJ Hawk is joining us, and he has become an incredibly talented prognosticator whenever it comes to NFL games. Can you turn that thing just a little bit this way in?
2: boy Fox. Fox. boy Foxy. Fox. Fox.
1: Fox. All right, AJ, let's go through these games. I want to I hear what your thoughts are. I literally waited to do this until you got on here because of how hot you have been. Sounds good, man. Let's do it. Bengals at the Dolphins. The Dolphins are minus 11 and a half at home against a Zach Taylor-led team without Joey Burrow, who has had successful surgery on his knee with all of his injuries he'll be back hopefully next year but the Dolphins who aren't sure if they're starting Fitzmagic or to uh, host the Bengals favored by 11 and a half how do you see that going AJ
5: I mean I like the Dolphins for sure I think 11 and a half sure seems like a lot like how many points do you think are going to be scored total like what's the over under 42 I believe
1: Overrunners forty two and a half actually forty two and a half depending upon when this screenshot was taken that we're showing on the screen oh, right now, shit. so not they're expecting a twenty one, twenty one game. That's what they're thinking. Three scores each side. Uh, what do you think?
5: I'd like the Dolphins to win, but I'm not super confident that they'll cover eleven and a half. Is that right? So you like the Bengals plus eleven and a half? Yeah. Look at you. Look
1: at you getting into the game. Right. Okay, so I just no, I don't like there. the Bengals.
5: If, if, for betting it. terms, yes. That's why I have, my brain doesn't work this way. You say, I like the Bengals. No, I like the Dolphins to win, and then whatever else you want to do with the points and all that, that's do whatever you want. How
1: do you – well, that's not how this goes. <laughs> Dude, that's – it's okay. twenty twenty, dude. You see this thing right here, bro. This is this is literally a gambling website that you are gambling on. In the you can pick the dolphins to win straight up. The odds are gonna be terrible. Put that thing back up there. Uh, Zito, please. You can bet you 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 bet hundred bucks in you'll win, I think, five dollars off of that bet if I'm doing the math right in this entire thing. So it's hard just to say Dolphins money line. That's why the sports books are who they are. So you like the Bengals plus eleven and a half in Miami with uh, Ryan Lindsley. Playing quarterback? I don't, know if, that's, I don't know if that's who. Finley, Finley. All right, Browns at Titans. Titans are favored by five and a half points. You got Nick Chubb in the bronze, taking on Derrick Henry in the Titans. How do you see this game going? Do you like
5: the Titans by five and a half at least? Yeah, I do. I, I like the Titans. I like this is where they shine. This is where Derrick Henry shines. I understand what the Browns do. complements it very well. They can run the ball, sure. But uh, I think Tannehill makes the plays. I think they win and they cover. Okay,
1: Lions at Bears. Bears are favored somehow with Mitchell Trubisky starting over a healthy Nick Foles, hosting the Lions who are in
5: massive turmoil in the middle of a
1: big turnover in the organization
5: yet again. So I I was looking at this. This is an interesting game for me. I like the Lions here. I think the Lions are going to win this game. So whatever, the fact that they're an underdog – you know, they're getting that interim head coach bump. They got Daryl Bevels stepping in. This is his first game as the interim. So, hey, it's almost a guaranteed victory, isn't it?
1: And a divisional game, you know, so they know each other. The players know each other. You like the line straight up, which is a plus 144, bet 100, win 140, bet 50, win 70. Uh, okay, that's, by the way, A.J. Hawk has been very, very good at predicting underdogs to get outright wins thus far this season. This, this might be the one of the weekend for him. Colts are at the Texans. The Colts are favored by three and a half points. The Texans start the game three and a half to nothing. The Colts don't know who they're having at punter. Maybe Ryan Allen, formerly of the Patriots. Other than that, Texans, you, we know the deal. Uh, Colts, we don't know a lot about yet still at this point, even though they've won some games.
5: I like the Colts, and I think they cover, too. I think they do for sure. And, and to clarify, they don't. the game doesn't start like the three and a half points. Has, it, has there ever been a half point given in an NFL game? AJ, this is gambling.
1: This okay. is ex-
8: Colts are getting 89% of the money.
1: Oh, so the Texans <laughs> Take the Texans.
5: Definitely. I don't it's like probably- that. I don't like that for us, but I still got to stick with my pick and take the Colts.
1: Yeah, and I know what you're saying, and I would normally do that as well, but I've lost uh, thousands of dollars the last few weeks whenever I was on the same side as 80% of people. I mean, that has just happened. Jags at Vikings. Man, there's a lot of shit games, huh? Oh, yeah. Jags at Vikings. Vikings are favored by 10.5 at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who will be starting Skycam Mike Glennon over a healthy Gardner Minshew.
5: 10.5 just seems like so much. I mean, the Vikings to win, yeah. I want to take the Vikings and and give like and think they're going to cover too, but no, I, I would take the Vikings. Uh, I would, I guess, in your terminology, what I'm taking the Jags at ten and a half, plus ten and a half.
1: You're taking the Vikings to win, Jags plus ten and a half. There we go. I like the Vikings minus ten and a half because Kirk Cousins came on the show. Mm-hmm. Adam Thielen's back healthy. That's probably going to be a big win. Yeah. Raiders at Jets. Jets are getting nine points. The Raiders after whatever happened in Atlanta last week are favored by nine against potentially the worst football team to ever play in the NFL. On the road, though, for the Raiders, back-to-back trips to the East Coast, do you think this is a bounce-back game for the Raiders? They win by more than nine.
5: Yeah, I think they win by more than nine here. It has to be a bounce-back game. I mean, you're playing the Jets. If if they find a way to lose to the Jets, how much do you have to hit the panic button for the Raiders? Do you think they're potentially – playing bad because they're not allowed to
1: dance in the locker room anymore Ooh. Mm. you know what it's i mean a,
5: yeah let them dance
1: like are they allowed to have the same energy and vibe that john gruden likes to have with his team knock on wood if you're with me man we well, can't knock on wood because you guys aren't at a desk anymore we're spread out in the indoor facility in the desert we can't even do that maybe that whole thing is ruining and hurting John Gruden. We'll see how that turns out. Saints at Falcons. The Saints are only favored by two and a half points. Taysom Hill starting his third game last week. Wasn't great at quarterback. Still got a win over the Broncos and, you know, by 28 points or whatever. Saints at Falcons. Falcons two and a half. Julio Jones has not practiced all week, but I think he's going to play in this game. If I read a, a tweet correctly, mm-hmm. how do you see this one panning out?
5: So I, I, this, uh, this game is very interesting to me. I like the Falcons. and I, I think they're going to win this game. I really do. I know it's uh it's crazy, but Taysom threw for seventy eight yards last week. I understand the game plan changed. You ran the ball more because they didn't have a quarterback against you, but hey, I think they find a way. I think the Falcons defense finds a way to uh to shut him down a little bit and say, All right, Taysom, you beat us with your arm. Prove to us that you can win through the air.
1: Sean Payton is seven and a half and oh, uh, with quarterbacks not named Drew Brees in the last two years. Okay, 5-0 and 0 with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Half a game dub with Jameis Winston and two wins here with Taysom Hill. Uh, You would think at some point they're going to have to lose a game, but I'm not 100% sure this is the time. I mean, after the Falcons, I guess, beat the shit out of the Raiders, maybe they're still playing for Raheem and trying to get him the gig or whatever, but that's a wild – I'm going to stay away from this. This one seems like a line that I did not expect to be, two and a half. And I think that's why I'm going to stay away from it. You like the Falcons straight up, though.
5: Yes, I do. And the only thing that would worry me is just how good the Saints' defense is. I hope they don't just make Matt Ryan look like he's 100 years old and, and, and get a ton of pressure on him and force him into bad throws. But, yeah, I think the Falcons can win.
1: In the first game in Arizona this weekend, Rams at Cardinals. The Cardinals are getting three points at home against the Los Angeles Rams, who just lost to the Niners. Uh, who are also playing in Arizona on Monday night against the Bills? How do you see this one panning out? Will the Cardinals be able to play up to their potential, or do you think they lose this
5: game? I think the Cardinals lose this game. I think the Rams come in and win. I'm surprised the Cardinals are favorites. I know because no, they're, they're at not. home, doesn't they give not. them three the Rams points on the three. I couldn't hear a word you said because you talked during me.
1: Oh, the Rams are favored by three.
5: Oh, the Rams are favored. Okay, I thought you said the Cardinals were favored. No, I like the Rams, and I think they definitely cover too.
1: Oh, you think big bounce back game here? Because the thing with the Rams is if you can't get pressure on Goff, he can sit back there and pick you apart. And it feels like the Cardinals defense, for whatever reason, they might have the players, but they don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback it feels like. So if old McVay's offense is able to run and you got time to do it, it does feel like the Rams are going to be successful on the offensive side of the ball. Will the Rams' defense be able to stop Kyler? I think they have the speed to do so. I think they definitely have the speed to do so. That's how you're going to look at that in my eyes. I like the Rams there as well. That might be one of my picks. Also, look, Pat,
5: one of the reasons, though, I I mean, one of the reasons I like the Rams too is because I'm not sure that Kyler's 100%. I mean, he's definitely not 100%, but we'll see. You'll see if he can run around. I mean, he seems to still be able to throw it all right, but I don't think they're going to take any chances with him, any design QB runs if his shoulder's still hurting him a little bit. He's got that shoulder. He's got a shoulder, you know what I mean? Uh,
3: Rams j- Rams 5-0 and against the spread, their last
8: five in Arizona.
1: New, Get really down. 5-0 against the spread in AZ. Okay, here we go. Oh, yeah, I like the Rams. I like the Rams a lot, actually. That might become one of my picks. Giants at Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored by ten. Is Russell Wilson all the way back? They get a win over the Philadelphia Eagles. They don't cover though, because it's something they can't close the damn game out. Do the Giants keep it within ten
5: against the Seahawks? This one's tough for me, man. I I I think the Seahawks are definitely going to win. I was hesitant early to, to think that they're going to cover, but now I do. In the moment, I think they're going to cover.
3: It has moved to 11 since the news that Daniel Jones is doubtful.
5: What? Uh, they definitely
3: cover.
1: You think the Giants cover or the Seahawks cover?
5: No, I think the Seahawks win and they cover. Ooh. Okay, because Daniel
1: Jones is out.
5: No, not just that. Who's going to be starting for him? Colt McCoy. Ho, ho, ho. Right. Oh, now, it, man, the spread should have dropped from, like, <laughs> 11 to 6 with Colt. Are you yeah. Colt can sling it. Exactly. I, I, man, I don't feel as good about it, but I'm going to stick with it. They're going to win, and they're going to win by 11 or more. Okay, Patriots at Chargers.
1: Uh, Patriots are favored by one traveling to Los Angeles. Uh, there will be no traffic on the way to the game for the team buses for the Patriots. That, that's an obstacle you got to get out of the way because nobody's allowed to drive, walk, or even bicycle around out there. Uh, Patriots are favored against a Chargers team that seems to have the pieces if they really want to but just can't get right for whatever reason. They just can't
5: get right over there in L.A. So the, the, Char- the Patriots are favorites, which is absolutely sh- not shocking, but it's surprising to me because I like the Chargers to win this game.
8: Belich- Bel- 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 Belichick, 20-6 and six against rookie QBs
3: in his career. Yeah, what's up, AJ?
1: I just don't know how you have any type of <laughs> thought that the Chargers are going to win a game. Like, What have they done, you think, in your eyes? That it's like they'll win a game, especially after Anthony Lynn tells him you got no shot at the playoffs.
5: Okay, I understand, that. and believe me, the-, the thing that worries me is how Belichick is able to craft defenses to confuse young quarterbacks, but Justin Herbert and Joey Bosa, that's two of the reasons I think that they're going to win this game. You son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, <laughs> Eagles at Packers. Packers minus 8.5 at home against a Philadelphia Eagles team that just had Carson Wentz stand in front of it and tell him that he sucked. That's what Doug Peterson said to Carson Wentz, told the team that he hasn't been – he understands he hasn't been playing well, a lot of accountability. He knows he's got to play better. Will that rally the Eagles team and Carson Wentz to play better? How do you feel about this game? Packers at home, Aaron Rodgers playing unconscious at the moment.
5: Yeah, he is. And I think the, the, the Philadelphia defense is flying under the radar a little bit. I mean, they've had to find a way with their offense not being able to score points, turn the ball over so much. So I think their defense is going to be okay, but I still think the Packers find a way to win and cover.
3: All right, there you got it. There's A.J.'s pick. Let's go.
1: He's, he's got the Packers covering. He's got the Chargers outright winning. He's got the Giants plus, no, he's got Seahawks minus 11. He's got the Rams covering three. Falcons winning by, just winning, I think he said. Raiders minus nine over the Jets. Vikings plus 10 and a half, or Vikings minus 10 and a half to cover. Colts winning. Lions, Titans, and Bengals. Let's go, AJ. Here we go. Let's go. Let's go make some money this weekend on FanDuel. Let's break FanDuel Sportsbook and take every dollar they have, pal.
5: I tell you what, you know what? This is you forcing me to do these picks. It's actually got me more engaged in games in the NFL. I've always been engaged, but now I'm really like, okay, I want these things to hit. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why like that's
1: why gambling is so damn good. Like like there's people that are against it obviously. There's people that don't necessarily get into it or whatever, but games are so much better whenever you have something on the line. And I only bet as much as you can win. Or as much as you want to win or lose, you know. So don't, don't be an idiot. And I think a large majority of people do that in a smart fashion. But man, whenever you got five bucks, ten bucks, fifty bucks, two thousand dollars on a team to do something and they do it, there is nothing like the feeling. Of looking in the mirror and saying, you're the smartest motherfucker on earth. <laughs> it is such a good feeling. Now, we haven't experienced a lot of that the last few weeks, I'm going mm-hmm. to be honest, especially with the Super Boost. But this week's Super Boost, I feel very, very, very good about. It is live currently on FanDuel Sportsbook. I have a two-team teaser if we want to put up the photo here. Um, I have the Dolphins, minus 5.5, and, and the Packers, minus minus two 2.5 we have to transfer it over. So right now we have to lose AJ for a second. And now it's up. Uh... here we go. <laughs> there it is. All right, here we go. Here we go, All, right, here we right. go. All right, here we go. As That's a super super production, baby. Minus 125 to plus 125. I have a two-team six-point teaser. Dolphins minus 5.5. Packers minus 2.5. Both those things have to hit for us to win. You bet 50, you'll win sixty-two fifty on the other side. The Dolphins, obviously, at home against the Bengals minus 5.5. And, and then, obviously, the other pick on that particular one, Packers, Minus two and a half. There we go. Against the at home against the Eagles. Normally at eight and a half. There. Uh, thank you, Zita, for making that happen. But I feel like this is going to hit though. The Super Boost has been sure. ice cold. All
0: right, that's the show. We can't thank you enough for listening. Thank you to all of our guests. Today's show was awesome. Really was a feel good Friday. Pat will be back on Monday. Be sure to watch him. And the boys uh, beat the living piss out of Undisputed Era on Sunday night at War Games. I'm pretty sure it's free for new subscribers to the WWE Network. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it is. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate all of you. Um, You guys are the best. We'll talk to you on Monday. Cheers.